Yesterday was the 1 million March for Children, and we have to talk about what was one of the largest nationwide protests in Canadian history. I personally attended one of the protest locations, and I have some pictures and video evidence of the event that we're going to share with you. Finally, we have a few mailbag questions and comments sent in by you, our thoughtful and engaging audience. One of the things that we need to remember is that we cannot let the trans maniacs define the words and set the rules. It is not hateful to want to protect children from being sexually indoctrinated by pedophiles. It is not hateful to want to save children from genital mutilation and chemical castration. No, we love our children more than the godless state and certainly more than the LGBTQ demons. It's September 21st. I'm Andrew DiBartolo. That's Matt Halleck. And this is Liberty Dispatch. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Liberty Dispatch, broadcasting across enemy lines into the Canadian culture war. We are so thankful that you've joined us once again for the program, and we want to encourage you to continue tuning in, especially to some of our recent content on the One Million March for Children, because I know that's something that Canadians across this country are very interested in. Quick reminder, our shows are produced in partnership with Liberty Coalition Canada and Christian Week. LCC exists to establish Christ's justice and righteousness and to defend those who stand like the thousands and thousands and thousands of concerned parents across our country and christian week exists to provide a practical balanced hope-filled perspective on national and global issues if you do appreciate that content we would ask that you would prayerfully consider leaving us a tax refundable donation at libertycoalitioncanada.com slash donate if you give to our analysis and shows which you can Click that box on the website that will direct it to supporting what we do here on the podcast. And just so you're aware, you can leave an anonymous Bitcoin donation through our website. Thanks to our friends at Bull Bitcoin that is set up for you. We have to continue to push back against mainstream media lies to fund the hard work of independent media across Canada. And if you want to help us in that, libertycoalitioncanada.com slash donate or scan that helpful QR code at the bottom of the page. We thank you for that. You can also get all our content over at the flfnetwork.com. That's the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. And we are also on demand on their brand new, really good looking, just primo uh, pub TV app that you can download from your Google Play or your Apple uh, app store. So we would suggest that you go do that because it's not only our great content, but much, much more that you can dig your teeth into. Andrew, here we are. Mailbag 
questions, you can send them to us at mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com. And we want to encourage you, I know, Andrew, to send in your testimonies, your stories on the Million March for Children that took place yesterday. Please do send those in. We want to hear your experience and your thoughts on just what this could potentially mean for the future of Canada now that parents of varying backgrounds across this nation are starting to wake up to the wickedly corrupt reality of our current public schooling system and the state regime just getting their tentacles all over everything so andrew do you have any thoughts that you want to add there no i I think that's good i think what we want is we want people to send in pictures and videos and testimonials and experiences and let us know how did the event go how many people were there what was the counter protest like just kind of give us some updates from across the country just so we can know what's going on and we can gather that information because you can be certain that the propaganda media arm of the state <laughs> will have their own spin on what happens yes and think? as with as with the freedom convoy it's the people on the ground with the first-hand video evidence that have an accurate representation of what happened and we mm-hmm. want to have that we want to gather that so we can say well it was actually pretty peaceful and there were kids and families and it wasn't at all what the crazy Pravda media would say. So send those to us, mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com. Two events we continue, we want to continue to bring to your attention. First of all, there will be some live episodes of LCC podcasts happening on October 23rd and October 24th. The 23rd will be at Trinity Bible Chapel in Waterloo and the 24th at Trinity Baptist Church in Burlington, both of them from 7.30 to 9.30. You can also go to our website or in the show notes, the description, we will have a link to the Eventbrite page. It is $25 per person. We will have, Lord willing, in person, Mike, Tim, Matt, and myself. I might be, I'll either be a little tired from the Twinsies, or I'll be on pins and needles having to leave at the drop of a hat. <laughs> at, even, at a moment's notice, yeah. Probably exactly. not the second one. If they're not here yet, I'm probably not going to come. But w- anyways, <laughs> Lord willing, we'll be yeah. there. I'll be there digitally. So you're going to want to you're gonna check that out. Next, the Spark Leadership Conference happening shortly thereafter, October 31st and November 1st. It will be happening in beautiful South Carolina. Speakers will include our own. Michael Thiessen, Dr. Joe Boot, Pastors Tim Stevens, and Nate Wright, who is now the Canadian Director for the Ezra Institute, and our own Chief Litigator, James Kitchen. Tickets are $50, available at sparkconferences.org. Really, the plan of the conference is to help inform Christians in the United States what's happening here in Canada with regard to the state and the church and legislation and tyranny to awaken them to the reality of what's going on, to spur them on to faithfulness and obedience. So if you're able and you're close by, check out the Spark Conference, sparkconferences.org. Friends, if you're incentivized to do something, you will do more of that thing. If you have non-registered assets in Canada, there's no incentive to keep them here and expose them to increasing political risk, including asset freezes. While the mainstream media tells us not to worry and assures us that the federal government would never invoke the War Measures Act again, We're not too sure about that. 
It's essential that you protect your non-registered assets. And our friends at Rocklink have some excellent ideas to help you move some of your non-registered assets offshore into one of the safest jurisdictions in the world. Email Rocklink at info at rocklink.com or visit them www.rocklink.com. That's link with a C. Yesterday, September the 20th, was the million, one million march for children all over the country. There are signal chats that I'm a part of hmm. that have been blowing up with posters days and times and even throughout the course of the day yesterday. Images, videos were coming in, reports of this many people at this location, people sharing. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, Twitter and Facebook were blowing up with this. And this this was, in effect, one of the largest nationwide protests in Canadian history, considering mm -hmm. it was at all these locations and, you know, on average, at least a few thousand people oh, at absolutely. all these locations. Yeah. Obviously, Toronto, Ottawa, Calgary are going to have way more. Mm -hmm. So what, what we want to do for episode today right because we've already organized uh, we sorry matt, matt got to interview camille the organizer yeah yeah we've 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 got to talk to josh alexander about it as well last week mm -hmm. we've talked about the event so what we want to do in our episode today is we want to bring it down to a little bit of a personal level and it's anecdotal i attended one of these marches and protests i didn't mm -hmm. get to actually join in the march because of other commitments, but I was there for the rally between 9 and 11. And I have several pictures and videos that I took that I want to share, which from what I've been seeing are pretty indicative of what happened in other parts of the country as well. It was pretty similar in terms of the support and then what the counter protests look like. So we want to examine some of this stuff and we want to glean from this some worldview realities to discuss. We also want to look at the way that the media and unions and teachers and even religious organizations came out in opposition to this protest mm -hmm. and rally. And we also want to conclude by doing a little bit of work that might be a little bit sticky and it might step on some toes. But essentially, we want to be clear that as those who believe that the world has been created and designed by the Lord God, Yahweh, who has revealed himself in the Lord Jesus Christ, who is truly God and truly man, along with the Father and the Holy Spirit, who has given us his perfect, infallible, without error word. We need to examine all things through that biblical world and life lens. Mm -hmm. And that means that we need to be careful what we support and to what degree. We have to be careful how and with whom we align ourselves and to what degree. And I know that there are people who might say, wait, hold on, Andrew, this is for the cause of freedom. That's fair enough. But freedom is defined by who according to who and what are the ultimate goals. So we just because this, and this is the same thing with the convoy, just because it is this large Canadian-wide movement that seems to have good goals doesn't mean that Christians can take off their critical thinking cap their biblical world and life view lens, you know, lenses and just shut off. We still need to examine all things. We need to test all things against the scriptures. We have to be Bereans. We have to be excellent. And so Matt and I mm -hmm. want to offer that because, disclaimer, there are some things in the, 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 the movement itself. There are some principles and values within the One Million March for Children that Christians 
should disagree with vehemently Mm -hmm. and we need to be clear about that while at the same time able to participate the way that we do so with all that out of the way where we want to start first is we want to start with some of the preemptive response in opposition to this march Mm -hmm. first here is a series of pictures from the toronto district school board and how they're making sure that they let everyone know that parents very very bad trans ideology very very good so here you have the toronto district school board and we're not going to go into all the details but you'll see there kind of on the left side there third paragraph down that really what we have here is inflammatory transphobic hateful behaviors against members of the two slgbtq plus communities which is Mm -hmm. a lie what they really mean is people disagree yeah. Yeah. And, and we hear their declaration, right, Andrew? Like, let's let's take them at face value. This is what they say. Ahead of these planned demonstrations, we want to make it unequivocally clear that TDSB stands with our trans two-spirit and non-binary students, none of which actually exist, staff and families, and we support everyone's human rights and expression of gender so the tdsb has planted its flag firmly on the side of a radical left-wing progressive gnostic sex death cult Mm -hmm. and that's the reality of the situation that we find ourselves in andrew is there just one of many Yep. Unions, public uh, sector unions, they're just one of many uh, teachers, uh, school district boards, uh, teachers unions. Like I'm looking at the elementary educators board right now on my Twitter feed. They have a uh, a BIPOC LGBTQ fist, Marxist fist saying ETFO strongly condemns 2SLGBTQ plus hate and they're talking about this demonstration mm-hmm. presumably and andrew i um my comment on this and maybe you can just jump on this is there sure are a lot of publicly funded institutions now just exposing themselves as radical marxist ideologues and though that could be depressing for some right like our institutions are beyond captured right they're funded promoted and protected in law to do this type of activism while that could be depressing i think it's definitely a blessing and the reason mm-hmm. i say that is because the mask same thing is with slipped. covid stuff same thing with covid stuff yes the yeah. mask is slipped now it is our as parents as concerned citizens it's our duty to take our neighbors at their word when they're saying things like this. When the TDSB, when the ETFO, when QP, the, the, the Union for Public Workers, are saying we stand for mm-hmm. radical left-wing progressive ideologies against parental rights uh, and the well-being of children, let's take them at their words mm-hmm. and let's do the work now. We've, we've made our voice clear. Now we have to do the work of defunding them and standing Mm -hmm. firmly against them because this is a Marxist 
cult that we have to defeat in all these institutions. It also it also vindicates conservatives what we've been and Christians <laughs> who have been saying historically, no, 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 they are they are they are on the left, and and it's it's the state and these organizations. It's all captured. It's all left leaning, and we've been told by the left and center media and institutions, no, 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 no. They're dispassionate. They're apolitical, and we yeah. can say that's not true. But now, they have no choice but to come out in support of this and reveal their hand. I found the tweet from the TDSB. There were two things about it that I found curious. The first one was their position on human rights is actually going to be an untenable position because one of the pluses is other kin, and so if someone decides to identify as a lizard. Human rights don't apply to them, so they're going to have to change their messaging eventually to something like <laughs> living organism rights yeah. or or creaturely rights. Because yeah. some, I'm sure that there are people who read that tweet and said, "But what if I'm what if I'm not human? What if I'm actually an owl?" And you might be thinking that's ridiculous, but that's the world we live in. That's the first thought. The second thought is what the TDSB is basically saying without saying it, and this is where we need to we need to peel through all of the layers of of propaganda what they're basically saying is we know what's best for your children better than you parents better than you parents who are saying what your kids should and should not be exposed to we know better so we're going to expose them to these things and if you disagree you're hateful the audacity of the tdsb to say that without saying it but that's what they're saying we know better so yeah. this the next the next yeah, picture we want to show highlights some well, more support. But before as well. we move on, I just like I want to piggyback on those comments because I think it's really important. It, it, like people have to understand if parents gathering to to say on mass leave our kids alone, which is the unified message that was coming out of all these rallies across Canada, if that's somehow opposed to so-called trans rights, the implication by logic is that it is the right of LGBTQ mm -hmm. plus people to indoctrinate children mm -hmm. against their parents' wishes and the responsibility of those parents to shut up. Yeah, it's it's their duty to come after our kids. It is their mandate. Yes. And if you oppose it, you're hateful. Yes. And on the on the issue of hu human rights <laughs> I, there is no such thing as trans rights, so-called. They don't. It's the moniker. They don't. Yeah. They trans don't, species. Trans species rights. <laughs> they don't. They don't. They don't even. They don't even yeah. define it. It's just a slogan. Because the reality is, trans rights are not human rights. They are uber rights, and that's what they're calling for in all of this. Is mm -hmm. ostensibly the rights that are laid out for every Canadian citizen in law apply to everybody including this you know a really really tiny majority but what they don't have the right to is to have their delusions and to have everyone play into those delusions champion those delusions and not speak against those delusions that's a right that no one has that it no like literally no canadian human being has that right and if you're saying that that is in inherent in trans rights is to have that delusion and then force that delusion 
on your children at at your silence that is not a right that anybody has and you're you're an insane fascist tyrant if that's what you think ought to be the case and i can't put it any more simply than that so this next this next picture here is a series of tweets from QP ontario from elementary educators and yes from catholic teachers so we look at some of these photos right no space for hate enough is enough again they're redefining the words they're saying it's hateful to say don't indoctrinate and over sexualize our children so these are unions here these are unions people then we Funded have the elementary taxpayer money <laughs> the elementary educators we continue to advocate for two slgbtq people and their rights our union calls on school boards to speak out against any attempt to undermine safety for students oh my, so my assessment would be the cutting off of genitals, I I think, is an unsafe thing for children. Now, I'm not a biologist, but I think I think chemical castration would be deemed unsafe. But that's just that's just me. And then you have the Catholic teachers standing in solidarity with two SLGBTQ AI plus students and communities, which is disappointing but not surprising because Josh Alexander was essentially removed from a Catholic school in a Catholic school board district for saying there are only two genders and the school and the school board couldn't do anything about it. And even the diocese also refused to speak out publicly against it. So this is the support that's, that's in reality. favor of radical ideologies. And, and Catholics, when are you going to start to stand up and speak out? You know, I'm not a Catholic. Uh, this is up to you. You guys. have this some that are. Fight. So you, you have you have you have PAFE. You yeah. have Campaign Life Coalition, right? So these are organizations that are that are that are Roman Catholic that are speaking mm -hmm. out, which is good. But, but it's yeah, too, where where too where the few priests, and too far between? And, where and the priests, where the and, bishops, where the yeah. where the deacons, where the cardinals? Exactly. Right? Exactly. I mean, the Pope's a Marxist. So well, but but that but that's, that's, what we expect. that's the reality of the situation. Is your church has long been captured by the lavender mafia? Your church is literally run by a Marxist who was who was friendly to and signed covenants with the radical Marxist educator Paolo Fieri, like you guys have to clean your house up you have to get things in order and you have to stop worrying about doctrines like papal infallibility and how you can get around them and how that doesn't apply to your marxist pope you need to you need to fight back against what's happening or you're going to lose your institutions there's you're, another you're going to lose those the, those uh, houses of worship and faith and that's the reality of the situation so i just want to put that i mean listen evangelicals protestant reformed we have our own issues that we have to uh, deal with, but uh, it, I mean, this is this is really, really very concerning that um, that this is going on unabated and in some some ways, like you've said, Andrew, promoted so by that church. A little bit of just a segue here on the side it, that that brings up something because I remember having a discussion with a particular priest north of where I used to live, who's very engaged in protest and in politics, and I remember talking with him. And he said one of the reasons that he believes that the Catholic Church is handcuffed is because of their history 
of sex abuse scandals and how they handled it. And so it's difficult to now speak out against the sexual abuse of children when you've been a perpetrator of sexual abuse. It's the same thing as parents who had a past life of debauchery and licentiousness who have a difficult time saying, how can I with integrity tell my kids not to do it? So here's a little bit of an aside here that I think matters. This is the reason why it is always good. So this, let's just get into the realm of Christian life and discipline. This is one of the reasons why it's always good for you to confess your sins and bring them out in the open so that people can't hold stuff over your head. Because if you have unconfessed sin, if you have secret sin that you've been holding on to that's somewhere in the closet that you're afraid if it gets out or people are going to say, yeah, but you did this and you did this, and that prevents you from being faithful or speaking out against evil, you have put shackles around your neck. So just as, a, as an aside that's related, because why, aren't, why yeah. isn't the church speaking out? Some would say it's because they're bad reputation, and then I would say this is why mm -hmm. you personally— must deal with your sin and bring it out into the light and confess it so that you can't be handcuffed to speak out against injustice as it comes. And that's why part of part of the Protestant belief of one of the marks of a, of a healthy and true church is church discipline mm -hmm. uh, and a culture thereof where you can freely confess to one another sins and then you can preach the gospel uh, to one another and show each other where forgiveness of sins is found. And that's in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is something, Andrew, that is extraordinarily uh, poignant and it's extraordinarily practical for us to get involved because I saw it with CCBR. The reason that so many men don't get involved with uh, protecting uh, the vulnerable children in our society is because they feel complicit in uh, you know sexual usury through pornography mm -hmm. or they've had uh, you know uh, untoward relationships in the past that they feel could be hung over their heads and they haven't really had that exposed to the light they haven't really confessed those sins before the cross that they can be useful foot soldiers in the army of Christ forgiven redeemed and then put to work for the mm -hmm. upbuilding of his kingdom so that's something that's really important and encouragement that we want to leave with everybody. So this for this next photo here is a picture of one of the protests, one of the marches that I attended. And so this is us arriving here. Um, kind of the three of the pictures are taken from the same kind of angle, highlighting the, the, the group of people that are there. And then that picture in the bottom right hand corner is me kind of standing up on some rocks and trying to get a sense of the crowd. And it's uh, it's only it's only really a fraction of what was going on. So that those are the pictures I took. We want to play a video that I took. I did a 360 video where I just stood in the center of everything, put my phone up, spun around, and this is what it looked like in terms of those who were there in support of not having kids indoctrinated and hypersexualized. On security, Eric Jr. and Jake. In food, we have Prince House, Tiffany, and Andre. So yeah, if you want to give them a hand. And to Elton for his ambition. And so we're talking several thousand people there. Yes. And from what I heard, because again, I had to leave early before the march. Mm -hmm. But when the march actually happened, I think there were people who came just for the march. So the actual streets where they did the march, it was even more. Yeah. Like the they were shut down. It was it was bananas. And so mm -hmm. videos I've seen in Toronto and Ottawa, for example, is gigantic. Huge. Now yeah. here's. Here's the, <laughs> I know we're going, so I'm laughing. 
So here's the contrast. But before before we put this picture up, because here's a counter protest. I'm gonna I'm gonna make us I'm gonna make the sound. I'm gonna make the prices right sound when you get the answer <laughs> wrong. Okay. So this is the counter protest, and I'll say it before again. I took this picture as soon as we arrived. As we were leaving, it was the exact same. So here, here's the counter protest. <laughs> that so that's is... it. So so let's so let's look at the picture for a second. So you have your you you have your token blue haired person on the right. Um, of course, you have half of them in masks. Of course. Yeah, I saw um, that a was... lot of in a lot of the videos and pictures that I saw of counter protests. It's amazing how many of them are masked up. I doubt for uh, COVID as much as it is its anonymity sake, but anyway. Yeah, or just comfortable. It, it's comfortable now. But this this was the counter protest. It was pitiful, uh, and it should be pitiful because mm -hmm. anyone who stands on the side mm -hmm. of the hypersexualization of children. Is a monster. So one of the speakers yeah. at the at the event mm -hmm. is a guy who goes to my church. He's actually running for political office, and he said something in the midst of one of his speeches. He said the sort of information, the sort of material that's being presented to children in class, if it were presented in any other setting, it should be and probably would be criminal. Like mm -hmm. if a high if 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 your hockey coach in your hockey league sits down with you and says, "Hey guys." Let's, let's talk about gender queer. Yeah, let's 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 sit down and talk about appropriate ways to engage in anal sex with your lover, yeah. right? People would say, uh, "No thanks, you're gone." Mm. But yeah. for some reason, it's appropriate in schools. And he, he made that a good point. Who would stand against parents saying, mm -hmm. "We we decide what yeah. our children are taught"? So the counter protest was. Uh, was was pretty weak sauce as it should be and i'm glad to see it there were no real issues there were only three police officers there on bikes making yeah. sure that yeah the wokies didn't i don't know melt down and have a fit and in, in some of the, some of the videos that we've seen uh coming out there's definitely been larger counter protests in areas like ottawa and toronto where there's also larger numbers of protesters gathered mm -hmm. um no surprise right yeah. in bigger but city still center. relative relative it's still so we, oh you have yeah, there are 200 counter protests yeah there's like 10,000 people yeah so even even still that the counter pro and this by the way is the same thing everywhere mm -hmm. at the convoy when james top arrived in ottawa i remember walking up to yeah. the war the the tomb of the unknown soldier and it was really just like one little sidewalk strip with a bunch of wokies uh because who who in their right mind would stand like stand against this well, stuff? It's so appar obscene. apparently publicly funded institutions. Yeah. But you know what? None of them <laughs> were all... there, though. I don't know well, if any of them were there. They just virtue signal, and they try to amass the army to go do their dirty work. Mm -hmm. But do you think any of them were there? Well, I mean, they were probably apparently, just enjoying suckling on the government teeth. That's what they were doing. <laughs> apparently, in Hamilton, there was quite a few. And then well, there it was... is that the hammer. Yeah, yeah that's the yeah, arm. Exactly pit. right. Yeah, and then. And then I saw saw many photos. And, no disrespect and, to anyone who lives in Hamilton, by the way. It's just I, it's gross. I, That's all. I saw many photos and videos in in Ottawa of QPE um, employees uh, out there waving their 
uh, you know, purple flags around as well. So, I mean, it's totally absurd and it's totally ridiculous. And the way that, you know, I would encourage everybody to go listen to the very short interview that I did with Camille El Sheikh. And we touched on a lot of the, this things that, um, it is absurd that people are standing up against this. It's totally absurd that they're calling this um, rally, this protest, hate-filled, bigoted, when the message is overwhelming, do not indoctrinate our kids yeah. into 2S LGBT <laughs> so stuff so and, and try and socially transition them without yeah. our permission. This is not going to be a winning issue for the left. This is no. not... They're and, not going to win. This is also the case. This we've, I think we've seen this as well with other things, like even firearms. Like this mm-hmm. is... If they want to be tyrants, they're going to be tyrants, but they are not going to get the support broadly of the public. But they're going to continue to try, and they're going to they're going to force it. Um, yeah, exactly. And and just to touch on on, on counter protests, I know there was a little bit of controversy. Um, stemming from uh, Camille, one of his posts that was directly addressing counter-protesters saying, listen, if you guys show up in mass to try and label us as hate-filled, bigoted human beings for just letting our voice be heard, uh, for saying, leave our kids alone, we'll take note of that. Mm -hmm. And we'll show up to your protests and we'll say... Uh, you know, we'll counter protest your pride events, your rallies, because if you're saying we don't we don't get the privilege to mm-hmm. have our voice heard in Canada without someone there to protest it, we'll take note of that because but the we've difference been quiet is for the long. difference is if you go if you go to pride comes before the fall parades, you can and you arrested. say that men exactly. And that's yeah. the difference. Then this is why what they don't have is they don't have public opinion. Yeah. But what they do have is they is do have the coercion. Sword. Yeah, they do yeah, have exactly, the sword. exactly. So, next... so they have to force you to you, uh, yep. force you to participate um, at threat of government gun. Yeah. So this next video is Pastor Aaron Rock, friend of the show. Mm-hmm. He was speaking at one of the protests. Did an excellent and this is job. Just, this is just a clip from his ten minutes. He was ten minutes like right on. This <laughs> is just a clip, and it's uh, it's, it's a spicy. banger. It's a banger. The minority groups behind the sexualization of our children already have equal rights under law. They already have it. They have seasons and parades dedicated to our to their ideology. We get it. It's exhausting, but we've heard it over and over and over again. We know where you're at. Please stop pretending that you're discriminated against. Every time someone objects to your views, please stop. Can you pause it there for one sec, Matt? I just want to make, I just want to comment on that really briefly, and I want to say that we live in a world where victimhood status is a currency that's more valuable than diamonds and gold and money itself, and we mm-hmm. live in this world because we've allowed identity politics and political correctness to bloom into this 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 extreme marxist ideology and intersectionality but this mm-hmm. is this is the craziness of it like which, i said that one counter that they're wearing the mask from, from yeah. v for vendetta that mm-hmm. they would say yeah. we are that, that, that the people that the 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 the, the trans the transient the transianity people would say we're victims we're a part of the resistance 
we are the ones who are fighting against the machine <laughs> when the state, the health, the healthcare system, the education system, the media, the entertainment industry, public the environmental industry, <laughs> all of this stuff. It's all the same thing, but they so they can't live in a reality where they say, actually, we are the machine. We're yeah. the system. What they have to say is we're victims mm -hmm. because victimhood is valuable yeah. in an intersectional world. Absolutely. And it creates all sorts of moral hazards, Andrew. And what what Aaron's just said is all these people who are protesting for LGBTQ plus whatever rights they are legally under law they possess th the same carte blanche rights of every canadian what they're pushing for is not equal rights under law it's uber rights that inherently violate the actual natural god-given human rights of other canadian citizens and and they're out there, Andrew. They're championing the idea that they own your kids. Your kids mm -hmm. are not your own. We want them. I, I I on my on my Twitter, I posted a video from Toronto. A group of communists who are out there on the side, not surprisingly, of these counter protesting, saying your kids are ours. Your kids are ours. And that's again, like you've mentioned over and over again, because they can't themselves reproduce. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing because of this victim uh, hierarchy culture that we've now embedded in our society, we're seeing more and more kids who are being ushered into this Marxist ideology of identity politics because there's moral and cultural cachet to it. And if if we can think back to our ch childhood what is something that's so important fitting in being normal being popular being in the in group that's all something that because we've set up this cultural hierarchy as perverse as it is we're ushering kids now into this ideology based on this incentive system and it's extraordinarily dangerous and that's why rallies like this are so important that's why speaking out like aaron is doing is so important let's continue on do your thing and you leave our children alone yeah! we've heard you out we know what you believe here's what we believe leave our children alone leave them alone period fifthly I'm an unapologetic follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore, I have a moral and theological responsibility to speak against lies and destructive ideologies, as Christians have throughout history. Especially when they are directed against children. Jesus had something to say about those that would abuse or distract children from the truth. He said they should have a millstone tied around their neck and tossed into the depths of the sea. Now because the media is here, let me make this clear. I'm not suggesting that we should literally do that. But certainly God is instructing us that there is a, a weighty responsibility to stand up for children, the next generation. And he's warning those that would seek to destroy young life that God will judge and deal with you in due time. Yep. There you have it. Yep. 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 
Yeah. So it was uh, it was a good day. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of different people there. Uh, you know, vendor stands were set up, and there were hot dogs and popcorn, and and the pitiful counter protest was laughable, and I think worthy <laughs> to be mocked for what it was. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm curious to hear more and more reports. Yeah. And from you, our wonderful audience. Again, we want some videos and pictures and testimonials, but I'm curious to see more and more reports of what goes on, especially because tomorrow is the education over indoctrination rally and protest exactly. in Toronto mm-hmm. with Billboard Chris and Josh Alexander. And so that will, I mean, that will almost certainly garner a larger counter protest than this mm-hmm. event did. So yeah. uh, next week we might have some interesting reporting to do. Yeah, uh, but absolutely. but what we what we wanted to do now is we wanted to take a step back and say, even though we obviously do not support the sexual indoctrination of children, even though we support parental rights, mm-hmm. even though we believe that we should speak out against injustice and evil, we still need to be critical in our thinking. And we still need to have our Christian world and life view lenses before our eyes to examine mm-hmm. different ideologies and different movements and do so critically. So yeah. I'll, I'll say here at this point, there is a reason why both leading up to and even after this march, I have been cautious in giving full-throated support to it. And the reason, and same thing with us as an organization. And the reason is because there are elements of the protests, of the march, of the worldview behind it, that Christians can't just say agree to disagree. We can't just say, okay, fine, we'll put those on the back burner for now. It doesn't mean we don't go. I was there. It doesn't mean we don't speak. Christians have been speaking. But it means that we need to be cautious and careful in the linking of arms and in the amount of support that we throw towards something. So I want to show a picture or or a picture that's really two pictures together. One is taken directly from the Hands Off Our Kids website. And the other one was sent to me from someone who received an email. And he sent me the picture saying, you know, Andrew, I have some concerns as a believer how much and the, the degree to which we support this movement, these marches, these protests. So. The first picture, we'll deal with the one on the left first. Uh, you know, our mission, so our cause knows no boundaries. Our mission is clear and sig- singular, to advocate for the well-being and safety of children everywhere. This is a cause that transcends divisions, be they of race, religion, nationality, or sexual orientation. That's false. That's false anti-biblical, anti-creational sexual orientations are damaging to the well-being and safety of children. That's unavoidable. If you grow up in a family with two dads, that is damaging to the well-being and safety of the children. That is not how God designed it. So we look at that and we say, no, sexual orientation isn't something that we could say, oh, it doesn't matter where you land. We, we We can fight together. No, there was at, at the event where I was um, right before we left, there was someone who stood up and said, as an atheist feminist, I'm I also oppose trans ideology. And I, I thought to myself and I shared it with the guys I was with, I said, the irony in this 
is that the genesis of feminism presupposes the flattening and equalizing of men and women. Mm-hmm. The only difference really is the plumbing, but yeah. the roles and responsibilities and opportunities are completely the same. And so what you, what, what feminism did even at the very beginning was begin to blur the gender distinction between male and female. Yeah. And, and so, it was radical feminists like Simone de Beauvoir and many others. The that, seed of feminism yeah. planted in the ground and has led become to the tree and the fruit of that tree is radical trans activism. And, 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 and we, we, we have to see that connection. If we miss it, we're missing and, what's going on. These things are very much connected. And, and the, the sad reality is that seed has actually destroyed what it means to be both male it's and eat, female. It's eaten itself. Yeah it's, yeah, it's eaten feminism. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Just like, you know, <laughs> any true feminist who would actually hold to that uh, sexual binary is now referred to as a turf, a, a trans-exclusionary radical feminist, and they're, you know, largely maligned and hated as anti-LGBTQ, uh, especially the T, transphobic. And most of them are just radical radical left-wing people. Now, I I think that's really great to say, Andrew, because I think as conservatives, I've even seen it in this move, and I want to stop seeing it. We presuppose the rightness and goodness of our enemy standards in by using and and highlighting and platforming some of these identitarian groups. Um, We presuppose that the, the basic thing that they're saying is true, right, and good and should be celebrated and should be the standard. Well, as Christians who are thinking like Bereans, we need to think presuppositionally and say, no, I reject this nonsense. This is racializing. This is evil. This is wicked. We don't want to... We don't want to accept the premise that our, you know, that these radical ideological left wing groups are putting forward. We want to attack that premise at its mm-hmm. at its bottom, and that's why using some of the language I think that some of this. Uh, movement has done while they're trying to be broadly inclusive it Mm. it does undermine uh philosophically the cause that they're putting forward because i think it's just a much stronger cause and a much stronger statement to say this Mm -hmm. entire ideology is the problem like pushing this stuff on kids accepting the basic premises that come with the rainbow mafia and all its tentacles that is the very thing that has led us to this moment there is no uh there is no relationship there is no aligning oneself uh, darkness with life uh light there is no you know unity between christians and baal and we have to understand that and be be thinking of that and that's why we would encourage i like we've supported this uh in in many ways we've we've promoted it the best we can we've had um the organizer on camille to talk about what how he got involved and to talk about some of this unity but as christians we have to understand the difference between co-belligerency and aligning oneself and being allies with people in and also this is cause. this is this is a big deal in canadian culture so yes. we got to talk about it it yeah. would be silly for us to avoid something that this massive in canada right now so we yeah. need to address so of course we want to have the organizer on mm-hmm. we want to hear his perspective this is a big yes. deal 
and we're so gonna let him actually say yeah, his perspective exactly. without uh, manipulating his words. Uh, so let's throw that. Let's throw that picture back up because I want to yes. keep working through some of the elements here. So the next thing we say is inclusion is our strength. Careful, careful. Inclusivity as a word, as an idea. This idea of diversity, inclusivity. Careful, don't. That's that's radioactive. Okay. Support from the LGBTQIA plus plus community. Again, tokenism. We are proud and grateful to announce that our initiative has the full support of various groups, including activists and organizations from the LGBTQIA plus plus community. Your support not only amplifies our message, but also makes it richer and more inclusive. Um, that's a problem. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. It's a problem because... First of all, people are trying to separate the LGB from the T and the Q. And they're trying to say one is merely about an adult's decision to engage in consensual sexual activity. And the other Smart. one is about indoctrinating children and radical gender alterations. And I would say, respectfully, you're ignorant of the history of these movements. And one necessarily leads to the other. You cannot, and this is what this is why biblical world and life view lens because lens matters because people would say, well, how? Once you reject God's normative creational design for human sexuality, you necessarily open the door to increasing and more de degrading forms of sexual deviancy it's Christ or and, chaos. It leads, <laughs> and it one leads to the other so yeah. you abandon god's design for human sexuality you flatten the distinctions between male and female you separate gender and sexuality from reality itself you necessarily will say now it's all up for grabs so mm -hmm. unfortunately even even an organization like gays against groomers which you know speaks out against some of this this gender ideology some of the trans madness <laughs> they're really just confused because they they don't see how their worldview is inseparable from what we've seen so mm -hmm. we have to be very careful there's another point down here that that's also we need to be clear about what unites us is greater than what divides us mm, i don't know in this endeavor we do not identify ourselves by labels based on race religion or sexual orientation what identifies us is our shared goal to protect, uplift, and create a safer world for our children, a mission that transcends all else. To which I say, protect, uplift, and create a safer world defined by who or by, yeah, what, by standard. what standard. Exactly. Yeah. And we have to think critically about this. And, and I'm just, mm -hmm. I'm not saying throw the whole thing out. And I'm not saying, oh, if you attended, shame on you, because I did as well. What I'm saying is Christians need to think critically mm -hmm. about these issues, and we yeah. need to understand that we cannot simply just throw support at something mm -hmm. just because it is. Any comments, Matt, before we move on? Yeah, to the right yeah, side of the I picture? think we just have to make that important distinction between allyship and uh, co-belligerence in, in these movements uh, for specific pointed issues and you know we should take this as an opportunity and that's how i took it um to speak the gospel to to, to talk to people who are the counter protesters and also the people who are co-belligerents with us in this fight against radical gender ideology soji laws all those sort of things 
we have to do like Aaron did and use that as a platform to to preach the gospel, to talk about, guys, it's important for us not to do things like in, engage in tokenism, uh, you know, try and... It, adopt the standard of our enemy uh, so we can appear more inclusive. Like we have to understand the game that's being played. And this is something that I, I fully don't think enough people understand, uh, especially on the conservative aisle of things is we always, always, always accept the premise of our enemies as true and then try and fight on their battlegrounds. But we have to upend the premise point to its falsity, and then press forward with the truth. Because that's how you get a conservative movement that can bass Bill C-4 with raucous applause and hugs and and then set up a deputy minister who is a part of apparently this so-called LGBTQ plus community in, in Melissa Lanceman. Um, that's how you can create a conservative movement that is anything but conservative and standing for the norms of God's creation because we give up so much ground here and there, here and there, because we're just constantly accepting uh, the the wrong, untrue premises that we're trying to fight these political games and battles on. Now, we have to stand on principle. We have to be good Bereans, like you say, and we have to discern you know, who are our co-belligerents in some of these cultural battles and who are actual allies that we're aligned with wholeheartedly as Christians in the fight, not only for our culture, but for our culture to acknowledge um, the supremacy and the crown rights of Jesus Christ, our Lord. So that's uh, all good uh, discussion. Yep. So the right side of the, the, the image there is taken right from the website. It's their FAQ section. So we want to look at that. There's just a couple things I want to address. Uh, is the movement against LGBTQIA plus rights? This movement is mainly focused on protection of children against LGBTQIA plus ideology in school system and not to fight back against the LGBTQ community. But they're the ones that are pushing this. So I don't understand... That doesn't make sense to me. They're the ones who are pushing this ideology. So, we firmly believe in the rights of adults to make their own choices regarding their lifestyles. That's So, yes, ultimately, people are going to decide how they live. But what we need to say is there is right and there is wrong. Because if an adult decides that their 14-year-old child as parents, has has the right to consent, where does that play in? So this is, what we need to say is actually all forms of LGBTQ ideology from the most you know benign to the most aggressive activist forms are anti-creational, mm-hmm. anti-God's design, anti-family, and th- this, this unfortunately is a part of the mess that we're in because conservatives completely fallen asleep at the wheel because we have we have bought the lie that what people believe and do in their own homes as adults is of no business as ours of ours <laughs> yeah well look at where we are right look yeah. at where we are because that thinking is exactly why we have this mm-hmm. problem 
exactly yeah. why our culture has eroded because we've believed the lie make your own choices do whatever you want mm. just hands off my children well it doesn't stay that it's it's ignorant to believe that it simply stays that way mm-hmm. um and our enemies don't believe that right of course not because because in in the the quiet privacy of a pastoral office if a youth who was confused and seeking help came to a pastor and said pastor i'm struggling with same-sex attraction i would love for you to help me apply the truth of god's word to this issues in my life and help me obey christ in my sexuality how can i do that the state, apparently, according to Bill C-4, can fine or jail that pastor for engaging in that type of behavior. Yep. So they don't believe it. And so why why do we play into it? Why do we keep trying to appeal to communities that hate conservatives by trying to downplay some of these important distinctions that we have? It's, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of wild. And we have to understand... Though we're trying to token some of these uh, these groups like gays against groomers, you have to understand from the leftist playbook, the gays against groomers crowd are not a part of the LGBTQ community. They have declared that they have embedded the oppressor viewpoint in society, mm-hmm. and they're not legitimate um, members of that community. That's how this works in the, the worldview of our enemies. That's why um, you can have uh, black conservatives in the, the United States of America be touted as the the black face of white supremacy. Yeah, they're, they're white, they're white right? adjacent. Because they're white ad- all yeah. these things you have to understand in this leftist worldview, if you are not fully for the cult marching in their parades or at least silently giving the thumbs up, you are against them and they will come for you. So just be careful again what type of relationships that you want to forward and put, uh, you know, you know, highlight because it could undermine the basic presuppositions and premise of what you're trying to do all to really no gain. Um, so that's just how we have to be good Bereans in all of this. So let's throw that picture up one last time, because there's one final thing I want to address, which is at the bottom of the right side of the page, who is welcome to participate and is there a specific faith or political affiliation required to join? Hands off our kids welcomes individuals from all faiths, nationalities, and cultural backgrounds. So that's right there. That's all. That's a little bit of a problem that the truth is that if you have two cultures that have very opposing views of sexuality, obviously not all cultures are equal and not all cultures esteem human rights and God's design the same way. Anyways... We invite anyone who believes that the primary purpose of schools is to educate children in subjects such as ethics. Pause. Stop. (laughs) You've given them everything they need right there. Yes. Because ethics is ethics is about morality and right and wrong. So Mm -hmm. if you're going to say that their job is to educate children in ethics, they are. (laughs) That's exactly what that's what this is, friends. They're saying that it is right and normative to abandon heteronormativity, mm-hmm. right? Their job is ethics and critical thinking. That's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. So if they're you're going to say ethics, a- critical thinking, English, yeah. math, science, wait, but, and, and even this in opposition to the indoctrination of children, friends, I am a parent of three kids who are outside of the womb and two more on the way. 
I hope through my training and teaching and through my delegation of responsibility and teaching for my children to thoroughly indoctrinate them in the truth of God's word yeah. and of viewing the world through a Christian world and life view lens. Indoctrination is unavoidable. Yes. This, to this, this last paragraph here is problematic because everyone is about indoctrination. It simply means to indoctrinate is in doctrine. It is yeah. to put doctrine, it's, it's teach. establish <laughs> what someone should believe. Yeah. We're always doing that. So if indoctrination is unavoidable, for you to say, but we're, we're not about indoctrination, they are. Well, I mean, we're all about indoctrination, one. Two, mm -hmm. it is not the primary purpose of schools to educate children in ethics, critical thinking, English, math, and science. It's not that. And this leads to, this little bit here leads to really what's been on my heart with regard to this whole movement. And I said this, I, I tripled down on this last episode. What we need to see is we need to see a 1 million children being pulled out of public schools march mm. because having abdicated, abdicated our responsibility and allowing the state to teach our children, we have been negligent and lazy and we have been unfaithful and we've been, we've been bad parents. I'm sorry. That's strong. We've been bad parents. Mm -hmm. We have net, we've neglected our responsibility. We've handed our kids over to Caesar it is not their duty. It is our duty. It is the mm. parents' primary and, job and to Andrew, educate their children in these areas. And if they choose to delegate mm -hmm. a portion of that to a solid biblical school where there's an understanding between the, the administration and the parents, that's fine. But it is not the job of schools to educate our children. That's yeah. our job. Yeah, no, and I think it's very clear, right? Like, the, as harsh as that might sound to people's ears, the position of these unions, of these teachers, of these overall, you know, government organizations, is it is our right to do this. We're the primary educators in all of this. You parents butt out. So regardless of whether or not... Uh, you want to make a distinction and say, no, 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 we didn't give that role to the state. Functionally, as Andrew's saying, we've we've taken our hands off. We've we've abrogated our responsibilities, and they've stepped into this role, and they've they're showing by their actions exactly what they think. Now, part of it is we have to remind them of their true role, their true responsibility, where they actually stand in this relationship. And the best way to do that is just by removing our children from their stead. Mm -hmm. The best way to for us to reclaim the education of our children is to do that very thing is reclaim that mm -hmm. education. Um, because it, it, it's not only we have to change our idea and our view of all this stuff as well. And we need to <clears throat> practice what we preach and we need to mm -hmm. be involved in, in just building an alternative education system. Because what people have to understand is in that I, I appreciate the heart behind. I, I think I know why, there, you know, Camille's coming on and he's saying this is just a wide, broad movement. It's very diverse. It's something to be celebrated. We're not going to, you know, we're, we're going to downplay the differences in culture and religion and stuff like that. Um, I get the heart behind that. But at the end of the day, 
education, as you've made mention, Andrew, is literally just the inculcation of doctrine into children. It's unavoidable, and education is always done along a religious route. Cultus, or worship, is at the heart of culture, it's at the heart of education, it's at the heart of you know, any subject in education, like ethics, religion, like all those things are founded upon a religious root and it's inescapable, inavoidable. And this is actually what we talk about on the program when we say there is no neutrality. It is a myth and we have to start to understand that better. And I think that's why in this moment, it's important for us to have these conversations so we can proceed, as you've said, Andrew, as good Bereans and all that we do to seek to glorify God in what we do and how we educate our children. Uh, it's so, so very important. And I know we spend a lot of time on it, but this is the type of thing that we need to have a conversation about at this cultural moment, lest we, you know, get mission drift. What if there was a way to trade your resources and skills for whatever things you need and want without using money? Well, that's exactly what we have with Barterit, a web app where anyone can connect person to person and barter with each other. You don't have to keep track of who owes what, and you won't get the headaches that come with straight one-on-one -on -one bartering. Just create your profile on the Barterit web app, offer up your skills or products to earn bits in your private wallet, and use those bits with any, anyone else in the Barterit community. $1 Canadian is equal to one bit for valuation purposes. Head over to libertycoalitioncanada.com slash barter and click on barter it for individuals to learn more and sign up today. Become a VIP and get $1,500 worth of perks and bonuses, including 1,000 bits for only $197. Join the community, libertycoalitioncanada.com slash barter. Mailbag. It's mailbag time. We got it some is, questions. It is indeed, we got some Andrew. questions we want to deal with. Some, one is a comment that we want to touch on. One will allow us to clarify something, and then one will give us an opportunity to talk some worldview stuff. So yeah, we have some questions. Absolutely. Mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com if you want to hear your questions, comments, and concerns dealt with on air. It's been a while since we've got into the mailbag, so I'm looking forward to to it today, Andrew. So Gregory writes, education over indoctrination, ONDP, hate hoax, and punishment for pride nonconformity. Uh, this was a, a episode we did, Liberty Dispatch EP, episode 220. Uh, Gregory writes this, Hi, Matt and Andrew. Interesting thought. The teacher is suggesting ethnicity brackets race to be an immutable characteristic which it is she then claims gender identity lgbtq2s plus a self-identity uh, self-identifying malleable ideology to be immutable mm -hmm. how does that make sense andrew yeah this is the folly of the position because they will simultaneously say I was born this way. It's you have you have you have maniacs in the medical industry who are saying that we can tell the children know in utero whether or not they're trans. Yeah. But at the same time, you have fluidity in gender in terms of movement from one to the other. So which one is it? Yeah. And the answer is contradictory. The answer is it's double speak, which means it's both. 
we can speak out of both sides of our mouth as it as it as it is convenient for us mm-hmm. so you're right gregory it's it's self-contradictory and it's it's laughable mm-hmm. but this is the insanity of this position that you try to advocate for both both the immutability of your gender identity and also the fluidity mm-hmm. of your gender identity and they will pick whichever one they prefer as it depending on as the it benefits them <laughs> yeah which yeah. which is which is an example of people who are not committed to the truth they're not committed to logic they're not committed to science or anything like this is this is proof of somebody who is a cult member who is only loyal to the ideology that's who you're dealing with so when somebody is going to argue both sides of the corn coin to try and manipulate the conversation and obviously is too brain dead or brainwashed to understand that those arguments can't mix they're like oil and water then yes what you're dealing with is a cult member and you need to appropriately respond to that by calling them to repentance and faith that they might be able to think clearly and think rightly so great point gregory thank you for watching the show and being critical in watching the show to to think of those interesting arguments. So really appreciate that. Sharon writes this concerning bull Bitcoin and Canada Poise. Post, Andrew, you made mention of this on on another podcast. Listen to another great podcast. Thank you, Sharon, uh, of information. She had this comment uh, in question, though. Shouldn't we avoid any going to bed with federal government? Canada Post is totally federal absolutely they are sharon they are not for the people they just don't know it yet no what do you have to say about that andrew so this so the the benefit of what bull bitcoin has put together is that you can totally anonymously with cash purchase bitcoin through canada post so even if canada post is in bed with the federal government it's not as if they're tracking your name or your ID or you're giving personal information. You are showing up with cash, mm-hmm. right? So not debit, not credit card. You're showing up with physical cash. ID isn't required. All that's required is, and, and go to bullbitcoin.com to confirm this, whether it's mm-hmm. the address for the exchange or the address for the wallet, but that's it. So we're not actually supporting Canada Post they're just taking our money and depositing it into a wallet or an exchange and we're doing it totally anonymously so it's not as if we're paying for a service right they don't get a fee the fee is the fee is the standard fee that exchanges will charge so bull bitcoin has their fee but this i don't think it's going into bed with the federal government it's using this means to anonymously donate bitcoin without tracking you or without getting a hold of your identity or personal information so mm-hmm. i hope that clarifies that it's not a going into bed with the federal government it's just using this this avenue to anonymously purchase mm-hmm. bitcoin securely listen i think we would both agree there's no reason for Canada to have a post office anymore. Those services are provided far better, far more efficiently by market forces. Um, 
there's no reason that we need to continue to fund something like the Canada Post with taxpayer dollars and the coercive action of, of government. Totally there with you, Sharon. These are the things that we have to think through. But I think, Andrew, you're right in saying, in this case, we're just using the, the service that is being provided that we're paying for through our taxpayer money to, uh, to use it as a medium of exchanging the, that, that uh, Bitcoin donation and doing so anonymously. I wouldn't put, ever put my trust in the government uh, in the in Canada Post anything like that but you know we are in this weird position where there are some things that some of these federal agencies still do that is appropriate and that's why we have to be good Bereans on these things again uh, so last comment here um, Andrew comes from James and he writes this hi I can understand that suing someone to keep them accountable and others accountable to the law is a good thing that it would teach the evildoer what is good and not good and be loving our neighbor by standing up for them as the next person in line to suffer if injustice is continued uh, and allowed to prolong unaddressed. But how do we reconcile this, Andrew, with what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 38 through 42, which reads, do not resist the one who is evil. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. I asked this specifically as I believe I heard Mike say on one of his podcasts that they may be suing the individual who would not let Josh Alexander attend his brother's graduation. So, Andrew, how do we reconcile uh, suing somebody for civil damages, for, for, for doing wrong actions with the words of our Lord in the Sermon on the Mount on Ma in Matthew 5 there? Well, a category distinction is helpful here because what Jesus is talking about in context primarily is the cost and suffering that comes for believers in their faithful proclamation of the gospel, specifically for their faith and the advance of it. So what, what, what our Lord was saying is, if you, as a result of following me, of being faithful in proclaiming the gospel, and for your faith find yourself on the receiving end of suffering, that that is not the time for you to assert, that is not the time for you to cry out and say, how dare you? That's not fair. I, I think that our Lord himself modeled for us a willingness to silently accept the consequences for his faithfulness to the will of the Father. And the Apostle Paul affirms that he wants to share, he wants to become like Jesus in his death, which is to say faithful unto God and ready to pay the price for obedience to Christ. That's one thing. What we're seeing here with Josh Alexander is another thing. What we're seeing here is someone in authority abusing their power, actually carrying out an injustice, saying, you can't be here because you're wearing your hat. Those are our tax dollars that support the income and salary and the operation of these bureaucrats, of these elected officials and unelected officials. And they are doing real injustice in the civil realm. I don't believe that that pro I don't believe that there are prohibitions in the scriptures that say to us you can't do that. So I think there's a difference between the personal cost and the personal persecution that comes 
from evangelism and gospel witness, and then seeing people, especially those in positions of authority, abuse that authority in the civil realm and holding them accountable and seeking restitution. So I would say that's how I would see the difference between the two. And some might reference Paul's words in 1 Corinthians and say, well, it says don't sue one another. But again, Paul there is saying that in the local church, brothers in Christ need to be able to deal with their disagreements without jumping right to the courts. Mm -hmm. So I think think a category distinction helps us understand what's going on here. We also see Paul advocating for his civic rights Mm -hmm. when he appeals to Caesar as well, right? Yeah, not just saying, okay, fine, to jail I go. That's not his position. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. And he defended himself uh, in court. Uh, So, you know, I I mean, an important hermeneutical principle is Scripture interprets Scripture, and we have to understand how these things work together by making those distinctions like Andrew has done. So that's very helpful. I hope that answered your question, uh, James. Really do appreciate you listening and, and, uh, you know, really thoughtfully as well. So we do appreciate that. Andrew, we have so much to cover. Uh, It's crazy how much news is coming across our plate but we dedicated um, this episode to a post-mortem of the one million march for children because of the cultural moment it represents in canada Um, and because i think there's important things like we've said throughout the the program that we need to learn um, about moving forward and that christians need to think through we need to make that distinction between co-belligerents and allies and what can we be co-belligerents on Mm -hmm. what can we not not be co-belligerents on you know what's actually undermining our 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 faith and 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 the truth uh we need to discern those things and and be critical and then also use some of these platforms that christians are are given to to proclaim god's good designs and norms for creation Mm -hmm. to to speak the gospel to proclaim the truth of god's word to some of these people that in his uh, sovereignty he's putting us shoulder to shoulder with in some of these causes so rather than as christians downplaying those disagreements um we should in a in a winsome loving manner um trying to be salt and light to these individuals who are standing for us in the in this uh this instant we should try and proclaim the truth of god's word to them and and use this as an opportunity to glorify god for sure um andrew anything that you want to say by way of uh, exit no i think uh, i think we've we've said enough in trying to critically analyze movements and 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 protests and events and initiatives and i would just i would again caution believers be careful where you throw your support and to what degree and never turn off that part of your mind that is is critical in terms of really assessing even some of the finer points of different views and different ideologies and different movements, even if there appears to be a lot of similarity and a lot of common goals, Christians cannot say, oh, therefore I'll just, you know, I'll go along with it. Uh, No, because as we've seen, there are certain parts of the One Million March for Children that we would say as Christians, the fact that this is supported or even said is self-defeating because this is why we have this problem. So you can't say we hate the effect, but we're okay with the cause. No, both the cause and the effect must be denounced. 
and there is no freedom, there is no peace, there is no blessing, there is no prosperity, there is no actual Canada that flourishes if we denounce the effect but say, ah, but we're okay with the cause. That's just not going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why our programs exist to help you think through these things in this way, really critically analyzing the culture, religion, politics, all of that stuff from a biblical uh, lens. And that's why we would encourage you, if you find this valuable, to help support what we're doing at libertycoalitioncanada.com slash donate. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you all. Galatians 5.1. We'll see you next time. Liberty Dispatch has been brought to you in partnership with Liberty Coalition Canada and Christian Week and has been produced by SDG Media. You can find all things Liberty Coalition Canada at libertycoalitioncanada.com.